Evolutionary.org presents the Underground Radio Podcast with your host, Hardcore Steve, the Monster, and Mobster, the UK Beast. Prepare for the show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hit Evolutionary it. Underground episode 30. Today we're going to talk about best bulking cycles for winter with Geneza Pharma. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a really good one. So uh, fasten your seatbelts on this. And we're going to give you some really, really good pointers for bulking this winter. We're going to give you some great pointers on which orals and which injectables from Geneza Pharma that we recommend for bulking. We're also going to talk about training and diet strategies while you're on cycle to get the most out of your bulking. And we're going to kind of debate a few things on this podcast as well regarding bulking and stuff. So this is going to be a really, really good one, whether you're into bulking or not into bulking. I think a lot of people are going to get some good information from this one. Let's, uh, let's, let's first talk about Geneza Pharma. And Geneza Pharma is a brand that has been around for many, many years. And uh, look, Mobster and I have both used them. I'll have Mobster talk about his experience with them. But, you know, I've, I've used them. Uh, their injectables are excellent. Their orals are excellent. They're very easy to get uh, the order. Uh, the prices are very, very reasonable. They're not the cheapest brand out there, but their prices are fair and their prices are reasonable. They run a lot of different promotions. Um, you can check on the website um, and um, you can come on the forum evolution.org and take a look. Sometimes they'll run a uh, weekend promotion or a weekly promotion or a monthly promotion, and you could save money that way as well on their products. But they're an excellent brand. When you order from them, you're getting what you're ordering. That's very, very important. Their injectables are as smooth as you're going to find when it comes to injectables. Their orals are going to be as non-toxic as you'll find. Um, it's gonna, They're going to be easy to digest. Um, and there's going there's a lot of advantages from using Geneza Pharma. I think it's it's truly one of the top brands out there. And I have a lot of respect for them. So, Mobster, touch on Geneza Pharma a little bit, your experiences with them. Right, Steve. So, Steve just said something to the effect of how long they've been around. I've been around over a decade, Steve. I think it's coming up on 13, nearly 14 years now, which is fantastic. And why is that a big deal? Because companies come and go in this industry, and especially a few years ago, Steve, we'd see companies, and I've personally experienced this with a local underground lab that lasted less than 12 months. Okay, so we don't want that. You wouldn't want it from a supermarket. You wouldn't want it from a car dealership. Why would you want it with performance enhancement, uh, Steve? You just wouldn't, right? So you want a company that's been around a long while. And the reason that's important is because it means the company's trusted, like Steve says, has solid products and just stuff like lab tests. That's independently done by users, Steve, but also in-house. So the reason I talk about that as well, and I've done this on other podcasts, any of our approved sources should be able to display, and Parapharma does this very well, certificates of analysis. That's stuff where random samples are taken from their product line, sent off to a lab, tested off-site, not on-site, and they come back and you get honest, solid, let's see what the test analysis shows you. I'm, I'm almost, and I said this to you before, I don't mind if it's in milligram either here nor there. It says to me that this is a company that's trying to have their product as close as possible, but it's not a massive para, uh, pharmaceutical company. So I, I kind of like that, but it doesn't bother me in the slightest. In fact, here, Steve, and I've actually said this before, and you guys can check out what I'm saying in this regard. Go down the list of certificates of analysis, which is on the Parapharma website, and as often as not, you'll actually see stuff slightly overdosed. Only slightly, guys, you're not getting tons for free or whatever else. But I like that. I like the certificates of analysis. I like to see that stuff out there. What about my personal experience, like Steve said? Okay, so uh, what are we talking about now? Five, six, seven weeks ago, I'm going to say, Steve, I ran what was a cut stack, four weeks, because I did a, a, a bulk right after. And that meant I had on hand products from Parapharma via one of the resellers. And right, pip, none. The only, the, I think I'd forgotten how to inject, Steve. It had been that long. So the only time I had any person inject from pain is when I was, as we say here in the United Kingdom, cack-handedly 
doing a quad injection, which means I was moving the damn bloody needle around when I was trying to give myself an injection, not holding it steady and whatever else. So that comes with practice. So, you know, if I did it right, zero pip. I had no problems, no sweats, no sort of fevers, nothing like that. None of the things that you sometimes get with bad labs and whatever else. I also, although annoyingly, <laughs> kind of recomped, because actually kind of put weight back on, but my waist, see, my waist is still down. This is how fucked up this thing. I recently, with the bulk, went up to 336 pounds. Now, we're going to talk about the bulk in a minute, of course. But my waist is still down in terms of how tight my belt is when it's on from the cut. So that's absolutely amazing to me. I think I went down one uh, size on my weightlifting belt and haven't regained that, that belt size back. So success there. Uh, uh, 336 pounds recently. And again, it's just following the bulk after the cut. I've still got veins on my left arm, Steve. So as far as I was concerned, it was successful. And the cut mix that, if you can look this up for yourself, guys, includes Tread, which is an amazing recomposition drug. So I think dropping, I think I dropped six or seven pounds very, very quickly. And then slowly over the eight weeks, four weeks of the cut, gained back some of that weight to the point where, again, my waist was still down. I was slightly more vascular than before. And I'd actually put on some clean muscle tissue. So that's just how potent their products are on a cut. Now, if you guys are in a competition cut and, and looking to be absolutely amazing, maybe for modeling or something like that, they've got you covered. But for me, I ended up actually adding lean muscle towards the end of that cut. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I like them, Steve. They, it's for me, branded, that you've tested, that you've tried, that you've personally used, not just, you know, heard of or spoke to someone else. No, no, personally used this product from this company and then they fit all the other parameters that I like to see from a uh, UGLC, from an approved source. What do you think on that? Yeah, and absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people have said that they do testosterone replacement therapy, hormone replacement therapy, and they just got tired of having to go to the doctor, having to pay all this money to pick up their prescription from the pharmacy, having to drive to pick up their, their prescription having to go, you know, jump through hoops and pay money and pay a deductible and pay a copay and, and all this money just to get their testosterone to do their self TRT. And um, <clears throat> so they switched from, excuse me, they, they were doing uh, TRT via doctor. So they switched to doing self TRT where they were just doing it on their own. So they'd go and they order Genesa Pharma testosterone, Sipinate, testosterone, Enanthate, um, and they would get it on their own. And then they go back to the doctor to get blood work. And the doctor would be like, wow, your test levels are, are excellent here. They're just the, where they should be. If I was giving you pharmacy grade gear, well, and the doctor was like, you know what? Hey, if you're saving, you know, a hundred bucks a month or 200 bucks a month, just getting your own testosterone this way, then, then go for it because this is good gear. And that's the stories we hear all the time about Geneza Pharma Mops are they, the, the, quality of the gear is pharmacy pharmacy grade quality and um it, it it is and the reason for that is because the people making the Geneza pharma products are actual professionals they're actual people who are scientists they're doctors they're chemists and these people have been trained to do this and this is their job and the facilities that they're producing the products are regulated facilities they're they're actual labs they're not a situation where the person and we have this uh, in america a lot especially in the rural areas where people they cook up meth i don't know if you have the same thing in, in your country mobster but in america there's a big problem in the rural areas with drugs and crime and and stuff like that from people who are cooking up meth and stuff in trailers out in the middle of nowhere and what happens is, you know, neighbors, they'll smell something coming from their neighbors and they'll call the police and the police will be like, well, there's nothing we can do. We need a warrant, blah, blah, blah. And um, what ends up happening is these people, they'll, once that starts happening, they'll shut down operations and switch trailers and then they'll switch to making steroids instead because steroids instead is going to be much less of a risk to them. And what ends up happening is they're the ones producing these underground steroids in America, and they're the ones distributing them to gyms across America. 
And you're so your buddy at the gym that you go up to and they're like, hey, I, I got some steroids. You want to buy some steroids off of me? Sure. Okay, it's 25 bucks a vial. Well, that's really, really cheap. Well, there's a reason it's cheap. It's because it's junk. And that gear is going to give you infections if you use it. That gear is underdosed. That gear might be overdosed. That gear is going to be full of chemicals and metals and all kinds of things that will harm you over time and things that your body doesn't need. Lead poisoning, all kinds of things, mercury, lead, and all those things that you could be injecting in your body. You don't know what the hell you're injecting. So, I mean, to me, it's an unnecessary risk to even purchase this crappy gear. And that's why Geneza Pharma is a step above. And Geneza Pharma is widely available. Like I said, you can come on a form, evolution.org. Our, our sources sell it for a reason because it's very, very high quality. So it's it's a no-brainer in my mind just to go with Geneza Pharma. So Mobster, final thoughts on that? And then take us into the next topic, which is bulking and um, doing it during the winter. Steve, I just watched a video a couple of weeks ago. I think it was the Lad Bible. Uh, which is a well-known uh, men's channel, information channel, whatever else. And they did, me and you talked about something similar to this before. They went to talk to someone about steroids and he was making steroids in his kitchen with a balaclava on and talking about the quality that he had versus other companies and how other companies were irresponsible. But they were still in his fucking kitchen cooking it up, Steve. Not just steroids. You know, guys, honestly, I've seen uh, documentaries back in the day where they were doing pills in a cement mixer. I mean, yes, that's very similar to the actual machine that they use at a pharmaceutical company. But this was in a warehouse, and it was a hired cement mixer, Steve. It wasn't the proper machine. It wasn't under certain levels and standards that you want. So uh, how, how does this hold up? Right. So I get, I know of labs like this. I know of labs that have been around for five minutes, not even 12 months and so on and so forth. So you, when it comes to an approved source, La Geneza, you want a company that does it properly. You want a company that spent money on proper labeling, proper lock lot numbers, proper manufacturing dates. You want all of these kind of things. Everything that should concern you about a label, never mind the product inside, then how the product's presented. I have not seen a single complaint of people talking about crystallization of anything in product. I've not seen people complain uh, beyond, like I said myself, with being cack-handed about problems with PIP, post-injection pain. All of these things are super important, and it takes a long time to continuously bring your product to that standard. It's difficult. I used to work for a company that made sausages. I can guarantee you that the quality would not be the same from one day to the next if we spent longer or quick or shorter time mixing a product or whatever else. Now, we're talking about a pharmaceutical company that's been around for, it says 12 years on the website, but I think it's actually 13 years, Steve. Real, real close to that. they got 45 products. Everything got a certificate of analysis, and to be able to do that consistently is hard. But it's the reason why you last over a decade in this industry. And it's the reason why resellers take your product and sell it on. And it's the reason why you end up building a great reputation. Right, bulking. What is bulking? Okay, so this is a traditional format. And we'll talk about the, the new lean bulk and the reason why some people don't bulk and the reason why you should and so on and so forth. So, so back in the day... And we still do this to some degree now. And we'll talk about the reasons why. We would have times of the year where we cut down. And typically, and I'm going to discuss this as well, in the summertime. So that was for two reasons, really. If you're a competitive bodybuilder, it's when the majority of competitions are on. Most competitions run up to late September when we still got a bit of heat. And then in the winter time, the, the colder months, it's perfectly normal and natural to add a little bit of body fat. That's just insulating your organs. It keeps you alive. It's the reason why we have winter feasts like Christmas and so on and so forth. And in bodybuilding, in weight training, in weightlifting, call it what you like, we would do the same. We would we'd wrap up more, Steve, so all hoodies and gloves and whatever down the gym, two layers instead of one or a vest or a T-shirt or whatever. And that's because it's expensive to eat them big fuck-off gyms. And, and, and we would layer up. And what we would do is we'd switch over from the isolation and the show muscles, getting little muscles to pop out, the head of your delt, the head of your tricep, that kind of thing. And we would bolt, which basically meant putting on size. Now, there's a, we could talk about dirty bolting versus lean bulking. It was traditional, but actually kind of fell out of fashion a little bit, to sometimes put on 40 pounds compared to your summer weight. 
The problem with that, Steve, was that sometimes that was 20 pounds, even 25 pounds of fat. And you've got all of that fat to then get rid of come the spring and the summer. So it's more traditional now in the 2020s, as we record this podcast, to get, I'm going to say 10 pounds, Steve. That's probably about the upper limit for the average Joe. I might be a little bit more bigger, et cetera, et cetera. But for the average person listening to this podcast, you're looking at about 10 pounds. And I'm going to say five, six pounds of lean tissue and five, six pounds of water slash fat. Don't be scared of fat. It's actually kind of anabolic in and of itself. It's muscle sparing. It's also going to cushion your joints. And there's a great argument to be made, which Steve and I will talk about, about the ability to be a little bit soft. And actually, that helps you be comfortable in getting bigger and so on and so forth. So there is an issue, Steve, and I think we should discuss this for some people in the same way that cutting can freak you out. If you've got any kind of dysmorphia when it comes to how you perceive your body, sometimes what I see happening, Steve, is guys will bulk and then freak because they've lost an ab or, or a little bit of little detail on the ribs and whatever else. And here's the thing, guys. When we're talking about this sort of five, five, six, six, five, whatever kind of gain t- tissue through the winter time, you're going to be covered up most of the time. You're not walking around in your vest and your shorts. So you're not going to see as much of that lean muscle tissue that you had popping in the summertime. So it's a little bit easier to deal with. And equally, it's perfectly natural. And this is why I like to work with nature myself in terms of being a little bit fatter, a little bit softer in the winter time. But also, as I said, supporting your joints, allowing you to get bigger with the big compound exercise, and I'll talk on that in a little while, versus the what I'm going to call the influencer thing, Steve, which is unfortunately you're almost required to be lean all the damn time because you're being shown every day on your Instagram, because you're on TikTok every day, because you're on uh, YouTube every day. It can be difficult to allow yourself to get a little bit soft and when the, the listeners, the viewers, the customers, whatever you've got, have expected to see you ripped 24-7, they're kind of forgetting that you should allow yourself to get a little bit softer in the wintertime that you're going to cover up and, and get your head around it. So, sort of thing. so what do you think about bulking, Steve? What does it mean to you? Lean bulking, dirty bulking, covering up, being on display all the time. What's that mean to you? So, you know, look, a lot of us, you know, we – come from a background of being ectomorphs and an ectomorph, you know, really, really skinny and, you know, never was the strongest kid. Um, I can remember, uh, I would say third grade, we had to do like, uh, we had to rope climb in, uh, in PE and some kids were, would go up there and, you know, no problem. And I could never fucking rope climb such, I had such a weak, upper body my upper body strength i had pretty decent lower body strength i mean i could kick a soccer ball far and stuff but i had very very poor upper body so once i started to get older and um you know started the weight train you know 14 15 i started to build my chest i started to build my shoulders up and then once i get you know got in my 20s late 20s that's when i really started to like be like look i want to get bigger i'm sick of being skinny i've been skinny my whole life i'm gonna get big here so Bulking, you know, can mean several different things. The mobster could mean one thing to someone else. It could mean another thing. But, you know, my bulking motivation when I first got into using steroids was I wanted to get bigger. I want to get stronger. And that's the beauty of using anabolic steroids is they help break down the barriers that prevent that muscle growth and prevent that strength while you're on them. So that's the advantage of doing a bulk. So but there's a you know couple different things. There's dirty bulking, there's lean bulking, there's all kinds of different definitions, which you know, I don't like to label things because dirty bulking could mean one thing to one person, something else to another, same thing with lean bulking. So we're actually gonna get into that later in the show. But at the end of the day, for me, mobster. Pure and simple, bulking means getting bigger, putting on body weight, putting on muscle. That's bulking, adding muscle mass to your frame, adding body mass to your frame. And a lot of times the body mass that you put on isn't going to be obviously muscle tissue. You can only put on a certain amount of muscle tissue, but it's going to be a lot of body fat and a lot of water as well. So 
in this next segment, what we're going to get into is we're going to start, we're going to talk about some of these anabolic steroids and many of them that we're going to talk about do uh, add water retention to your frame. And you got to remember, most of your muscle is water. So if you want to really, really bulk, you want to put on 10, 12 pounds, 15 pounds or more you know, on a cycle, you know, you're going to have to deal with putting on water weight because most of our body is water. And most of our muscles are going to be water and it's going to be sloppy in a lot of cases. So you see people in the gym sometimes and um, they blow up. You could tell they're up 10, 15 pounds. And then you see them a few weeks later and they lost it all. Like what happened there? Well, because they went on a bulking stack, bulked up, and then they came off the bulking stack and the water went away. So then that's that's what happened. It, they, they, they had the reverse um, situation happen in their situation. So so that's, that's basically the layman term, mom. So I don't think it's that much complicated. So finish up that segment. And then start us off with some good bulking Geneza Pharma orals and injectables and some snack ideas that guys uh, can uh, take a look at. We'll talk more about nutrition and training in a little while, guys. But I will cover uh, my opinion in this particular regard. And again, I'm talking about the typical listener here. The, the typical listener likes to be lean and likes to have a certain semblance of being a muscular athlete. In this day and age, the aesthetic oversized, perhaps. And so on and so forth. And that's just the younger person's more modern outlook. So one of the things that sometimes gets discussed, and Steve's already said this, is the dirty bulk versus the lean bulk. Dirty bulk is basically eat any shit you like, which, to be perfectly honest, Steve, is fun. But ultimately, we don't recommend. Because as I said earlier, you end up having to lose a lot of fat and a lot of water. And it might be great walking around the size of a house, but you're out of breath. I've done that. I've been there. And, you know, fun to eat all that food, but ultimately you're only making more work for yourself later on. So what we typically recommend now, Steve, is what I call the lean bulk, which is, as I said earlier, 10 pounds. Just enough size to become anabolic, just enough size to allow you to work on the compounds to, to favor your leverage, but not so much that you're struggling with having to lose a load of fat, lose a load of water, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, let's get into our choices specifically and how we would run them, the dosages. And I've got some ideas about what I would call beginner levels, mid levels, and advanced levels, and so on and so forth. So, we can give you sort of some tips as to how a listener could do it and how perhaps we think professionals do it in this day and age, Steve. Back to you for a second. Yeah, so let's let's jump into it, Mobster. Um, let's jump into the next segment, do to balking. So I, I'm going to tell you straight off, the one that worked for me when it came to balking was the uh, classic old school, Diana Bowl as an oral, Deca Durabon as my injectable, and testosterone. And you can do different options. And Geneza Pharma has different types of testosterone. They have testosterone blend. They have a test E400. They have a test sip, regular test sip. They have test MNT, and they have Sustanon. They have a, the, their Sustanon is a GP Sustanon 270. So there's different options when it comes to testosterone, whether you like using different blends or whether you like not. Now they're... Uh, they're not they're, the sustenon option does have an addition of a testosterone acetate at 20 milligrams. So with this one, it actually is a little better than the regular sustenon and 250 sustenon because it has an extra shorter ester ad, added to it. So you would in this situation be okay injecting it once or twice a week, and um, you would get some quicker hit, a quicker hit into your body. So I really like that little addition that they have. Now their test blend 350 is a mix of testosterone and 200 milligrams, testosterone sipinate 100 milligrams and testosterone propanate at 50 milligrams. So it's 350 total every CC. So that little addition of testosterone propanate similar to their sustenon gives you a little bit of an advantage where you can go ahead and pin it once or twice a week and you have more of it into your system quicker because of that shorter ester. So we're still pinning it um, not very often. Don't pin it like you would testosterone propanate, 
but you'd still pin it once or twice so we can get those benefits. Now, if you want to just go ahead and pin every day or pin every other day, then just go ahead and get the GP testosterone propanate because they do have that as well. So they have you covered no matter what you're in the mood for. But the most popular selling of the GP testosterone is the good old GP test SIP 250. And that's 250 milligrams a milliliter. You can go ahead and pin it once or twice a week. If you're doing 500 milligrams a week of it, you can go ahead and pin two cc's twice basically a cc twice a week um and and then that would basically do good now the deca that gp has is called gp deca 300 and this is an awesome awesome option because each cc is 300 milligrams so you can go ahead and just pin one cc of the deca a week you, you can mix one cc of the deca with one cc of testosterone in the same syringe go ahead and pin and boom you're done with your deca for the week so that's really really cool that they have that option so different options whatever you're in the mood for you can go ahead and do it and then also the nice thing too is if you want to go the short route if you like shorter esters you don't mind pinning very often mobster you can go ahead and do the gp npp 100 which is the nandrolone phenylpropanate and with that one, you go ahead and inject every day or every other day. You're totally fine. Even every two to three days is fine with, with NPP. Remember, it's a phenylpropanate ester. So it's a little longer of an ester than the straight propanate. So, you know, those are really good options for you. But look, the bottom line is when you're mixing these together, <clears throat> and then with the Dynable as well, um, the, they have a GP Dynable 50. And it's dirt cheap. Dynabol is one of the cheapest steroids out there. You can buy, uh, uh, basically each tab is 50 milligrams. So in this one, you might want to get a pill cutter and just go ahead and chop that thing in half or just bite it in half and take 25 milligrams a day. That's all you need. You don't want to take a full tab, 50 milligrams with this stack. But this stack is awesome, Mobster, because this is the stack for guys who came from my background, who are ectomorphs, who never had a strong appetite growing up. I can remember as a kid, you know, my my mom would always yell at me, you know, Steve, finish your food. You're you're skinny. You eat like a bird. My grandma would get on my case. You're not eating enough. That's why you're so skinny. What's wrong with you? You got worms in your stomach, you know? And it was because I just didn't have an appetite. On this stack, your appetite's going to be nuts. So if you're if you're a skinnier guy and you've always struggled with appetite, you're not going to have an appetite problem on this stack, I promise you. You're going to be eating like crazy. Just be prepared to double your grocery bills because that's what's going to end up happening here. So with this one, you know, I recommend you can uh, go ahead and kickstart 25 milligrams of Dianabol. And then you can run the DECA or the MPP along with your whatever testosterone choice you make for 10 to 12 weeks. And then that would be a good option. If you want to keep the cycle closer to 10 weeks or less, go with the MPP. But if you want to keep it at 12 weeks or maybe 14 weeks max, go. you can go ahead and use the DECA. You got to remember with DECA, it's a very long, long half-life, very long ester. So it's really going to start peaking around week seven even. So if you're only running the DECA for 10 weeks, eh, you know, you're not really going to see a lot of that peak. It's only going to be a three-week phase where you're getting a peak. So, you know, keep that in mind. So those of you in that situation, you want to do a quick cycle and quick recovery type of option, you might want to go the NPP route. So again, NPP, let me, let, me, let me explain this because some of you may be confused. NPP, the GP NPP and the GP DECA are both nandrolone. But the only difference is the GPNPP is nandrolone phenylpropionate, while the GP DECA 300 is the decanate ester, which is a long ester. So you're comparing an ester with a four-day half-life, five-day half-life at the most, to an ester with a 15-day half-life. So you want to keep that in mind. It's going to take longer to reach peak in your system. And even more importantly, Monster, it's going to take longer to be out of your system. So you want to keep that in mind. But let me tell you something. On this stack, your appetite is going to be enormous. You're going to bulk up like crazy on this stack. And you're going to get stronger on this stack. And your mood is going to be fantastic. That's part of appetite, by the way, Mobster. 
And when you use steroids that increase mood, they tend to also increase appetite at the same time. The steroids that don't increase mood, that make you feel like crap and make you feel moody, make you feel like a bitch, those are the steroids that decrease your appetite. So we're talking about bulking, right? When we're bulking, you want to eat more food. So it makes sense in my eyes to go ahead and run that, that stack. So that's the number one stack. That's why I took so long on I kind of hogged our time on the segment, Mobster, because that's the stack for those of you who really want to bulk. So, Mobster, what are some other stacks that you like? Yeah, I'm just going to take one opportunity for a comment here. Sometimes, and I've seen it on the forums, MPP and Decker are seen almost as two separate things, whereas in reality, it's just the long version versus the shorter version. And so it gets a bit confusing for guys. And I think maybe that comes down to how, perhaps how they respond to the actual injectable when you're using it versus their lack of understanding of what is what. But my favourite, Steve, as you know from many podcasts that we've done, and I'm going to quote the products here as well, of course, is Sust and Decker. I have talked about how I used to respond back in the day, and I just recently ran a Sust and Decker stack, which is where I got to an all-time high bulk of 336 pounds. I've never, the heaviest I'd been before, ironically, was on a D-bowl cycle, which was 334 pounds, 150 kilos and change. So, guys, I mean, that's... Just, <laughs> I say these things sometimes like it's not a big deal, but it is. It's a big deal to be this fucking big, and it's a big deal just to walk around at this kind of body weight. But again, for our typical listener, why why is Sustin Decker? And I say this quite simply because it works for me. So it's easy for me to say, oh, I recommend this because I've had personal experience. And a great example of this, Steve, when I wasn't really trying to gain weight, hell, I'm not really trying to gain weight now. But back in the day... I would prepare for strength competitions. The, the, the last one of the year was funny enough, it was around this time in November, and where we would do our local sort of power challenge. And I would deliberately go from 280 to close to 300 pounds. And I did that two years on the trot, and both times was on a moderately mild cycle of Sustin Decker. Now, a GP does a Decker 300, like Steve mentioned earlier on. And then the preference for me here, I've seen 270, I believe, on a couple of the reseller sites. But if you go to the Geneza site, they do a GP sus 350. So you've got that. That's just that. I've not done anything else with that in the past. Recently, I did exactly what Steve said, funny enough. And I added a little bit of Debo. And then at the very end, because I was looking for a specific strength challenge that I was doing. I dropped the D-ball for the last, I think it was 10, 11 days, Steve, and switched over to Anavar just to give myself a hint of power. And I wasn't losing any size at that point, so that worked out perfectly for me. Something else they do, which I would consider as an option for changing something up, and it would be interesting for me perhaps to try this in the future, was they do a te Decker Test 400 product. Now, I'm not a great fan of high-dosed products. But in this particular example, this is something I might look at. It's DECA at 200 milligrams and testing amphate at 200 milligrams. Now, I know that my buddies and I have all tried testing amphate back in the day, and my buddies loved it, absolutely loved it, whereas I seem to get nothing from it. But DECA, on the other hand, I love. Now, I will also say when it comes to bulking and using DECA again, there's sometimes thing that comes up, Steve, and I don't think Genesis any more or less guilty of this than any other company because it's not the company, really. It's the customers. And that's the whole thing of DECA helping your joints. DECA does not help your joints. There's a mild, very mild, in studies, collagen uptake or increment in collagen synthesis. In reality, you're pounding the fuck out of your joints in the gym. You're not giving them a break. And DECA makes you feel good when you're on. The key here, of course, is to moderate pounding the fuck out of your joints, look after them, these joint products. And even with me doing crazy stuff, just last week, my right shoulder was starting to get sore again because I'm using crazy weights still, Steve. So if that's on me. That's not on the decker. That's not on GP. That's just on me doing fucked up shit and not giving those joints enough time to rest and recover. So keep that in mind even when we're talking about the crazy shit that you can do in the gym when you're bulked. So there's that. Oral, Steve, yeah. I mean, as I said, I did do a, a, a little bit of, because I was really going for it in terms of maximal size, 
So I did do a little bit of Debo. I kept that very simple. And a GP does uh, 10 milligram and 20 milligram versions. It depends whether you buy it from the reseller and it's old stock or the GP site. Talk about talk about Debo solo for those who don't want to use injectables. And I'll get into some other right. orals. Go ahead. Yeah, so for example, guys, let me touch on that very quickly. I've run Debo on its own. And again, for me, never really had any issues running it for up to eight weeks. I don't think I've ever run it longer than that. I know one of our uh, other podcast mates is, is not cleaner much more than four weeks. I've never really had issues. And again, this is personal experience stuff. So I can tell you how I responded. Now, I would also say that like Steve, I really didn't get out of the ectomorphic thing until I left school and then started training and then saw some sort of talent coming along. Exercise was not a big deal. PT was nothing to me until I left. So I'd actually say that back in the day, I was probably in the same boat as Steve. But it's only when I left school, to, to quote, as we say in the UK, my bollocks dropped. Now, it took me a long time to get into PEDs, age 37. And my very first PED cycle was 30 milligrams per day of D-Bowl. What happened, guys? Boom! That 10 pound that I mentioned earlier on, on cycle. And I think on that first cycle, Steve, I kept six pounds. Now, that as a, it's a very simple, super effective bolt with nothing else, no other injectables, no orals, just an AI, Novadex, or whatever the hell I was using at the time, Steve. Very simple, very straightforward, and retained 60% of what I'd gained on cycle. And I don't mind, Steve. I don't mind a little bit of water added on cycle. Again, when I'm doing the compounds, especially when I'm bulking, I'm doing a lot of heavy exercises, and the leverage is enhanced by a little bit of water suits me down to the ground. I know what I've got coming. I know how I'm going to feel, and that's great. Another one, and again, this is fun. Ironically, I don't like this myself. That doesn't mean I don't like it per se. It's just that I've not got the same response to this as I have with Debo. And yet, Steve will be able to tell you this. The, there are people out there. If, if I'm a fan of Debo, there are people that are a fan of Anadrol. And a GP does uh, 50 milligrams, which is a perfectly fine dose. Ironically, Steve, there's a lot of stuff. That I actually discussed this on the forums last week. The medical dose of Anadrol is absolutely mental versus the PED dose. It's actually the other way around normally where we're using a set of the medical use for performance enhancement purposes. When we're using a gym, 50 milligrams a day, upper limits, and I mean upper limits, guys, for the length of time that you'd be on and the way that you train is 100 milligrams, but my preference is always going to be for 50 milligrams. I personally don't see a response, but that's just probably how my body's set up, how I respond to certain PEDs and so on and so forth. There are a lot of people that love and a droll and i can legends legends dairy stories like gaining 20 pounds and keeping 10 pounds if you are the kind of response person that responds very well to an then you're absolutely going to love it now i know steve's actually had positive things to say about an what about dosages and stuff like that again right so debo never run it at more than 50 milligrams a day steve 30 seems to be the sweet spot for me. And I actually think that's probably the case for the majority of our listeners, and especially if we run it solar. Now, would I run it with other drugs? Yes, I've just said that I did. But I kept that down to the 30. No need for me to go to the 50. Uh, I, I was already getting up there in terms of size. What about the dosing for the injectables? Suster Decker again. Now, these are relatively high with the 300 milligrams of Decker and 350 milligrams. So I would probably do half a mil twice a week steve so i would still be looking at around the 650 milligrams 700 maybe 800 milligrams total but i'd be looking for half a mil for, and for me and this is the way that i run this recently as well steve when i was doing a similar cycle monday and thursday something like this every third third every fourth day so i'm only ended up driving roughly two times a week what do you think on that steve before we get into anything else like training and diet i've also got some ideas on appetite yeah, so there's there's a really, really good one that some of you guys are going to react really well to, and that's Trend and Equipoise together. And the reason I'm using Equipoise with Trend for bulking is Equipoise is a very, very mild cycle. So what you could do here is you could use the Trend a little bit lower, and then you could use the AQ a little bit higher, and you're still going to get a good effect with, with um, your bulk. Now, the misconception out there is that trend's a cutter. 
And yes, for some of you out there, you can run trend and cut really well on it. But let me tell you something. When it comes to using trend and bulking, there might not be a better steroid for bulking out there. Um, whenever I run trend, I've always hit new weight markers and it hasn't been like a bunch of water retention either. So look, bottom line is I would go with trend and I would go maybe 200 milligrams uh, a week of trend up to 300 milligrams a week of trend and then go ahead and do the equipoise a little higher, maybe 50 to 100 milligrams higher. So if you're going to go 200 milligrams with trend, go 300 milligrams with equipoise. If you're going to go 250 with trend, go 350 with equipoise. And GP has excellent trend and excellent equipoise, both. Um, and they really, really stack well together. So you can go ahead and run it 10 weeks and go ahead and run it 12 weeks. Um, if you're going to go the long ester version of trend, they have, they have, there's a GP trend E there is a GP trend ACE, which is a shorter ester of trend. And that works really well as well. Um, so you can go either way with that. And, uh, look at the bottom line is they're really, really good steroids, uh, for bulking. And you'll notice when you're on trend, you're carb craving. So, um, that's really, really cool because you can spread your carbs out throughout the day and you can have really, really good results while you're doing that. So when it comes to equipoise, look, the bottom line with equipoise is that a lot of people run it and they're like, well, I have a really, really good bulking, um, uh, on, on equipoise. I feel really, really good on it. It doesn't cause a lot of side effects. Um, and you get a mild appetite increase on equipoise. It is a testosterone derivative. But the bottom line, good thing about this cycle is you don't have to worry about estrogen issues. You will have to worry about androgenic issues. So that is that is uh, going to be a factor on a cycle like this. But let me tell you something. If you react good to, to trend, you can definitely put on a lot of mass quickly on trend. Whenever I run trend, and uh, I know Mobster, you ran trend recently. But whenever I run trend, and I told Mobster this, it's like the first week or two when I'm on trend, I put on like five, six, seven, eight pounds right off the bat. My body weight goes up instantly on trend because it is a great nutrition practitioner. It's extremely anabolic and it's an extremely androgenic. So I don't see why people think that trend isn't a good bulker. That's just false. And, you know, it's just not true. It is an excellent bulker. And it's going to be, you know, some of you, like I said, will run it and you can cut on trend as well, but you could damn well bulk on trend as well. You can definitely bulk on trend. So it really helps when you're running trend, in fact, to spread out your carbs, because this kind of gets into our next segment, Mobster, about diet. When it yeah. comes to using these steroids, good, complex carbs, the sweet potatoes, the brown rice, you can make some uh, some good, high quality uh, pancakes. Um, and, uh, what I do is I use coconut flour on the pancakes and I use raw honey to sweeten it up, or you can use raw maple syrup. That's a really, really good way to spread out your carbs. Um, fruit is your friend on, uh, on trend. So you're adding these lots of carbs on trend and you're going to get that good nutrient partitioning effect where your muscles get bigger on it. And you really, really get get those uh, get those effects. So I have a lot of respect for trend when it comes to bulking. I'll, I'll jump in here just for a second to support something Steve said, and I touched on this earlier, guys. I, I I was doing a cut with a product that included trend as part of its makeup, and I ended up recomposition. Steve, I started off losing weight straight away. I the cut was more cardio. I would I tripled. I think I was doing uh, three walks a day instead of two walks a day. My calorific intake was way less than normal. Uh, I barely hit some of the numbers on the calorific intake. A lot of days, the actual target number was less and so on and so forth. And yet again, by the end of the cycle, Steve, I was starting to have recomposition from the trend. And it was exactly like Steve said. It took me about two weeks. But by the, the end of the second week, I was starting to put weight back on, lean weight. So for me, trend is one of those things. I didn't like necessarily how I felt on trend. That, that quote unquote toxic sensation. Some of you absolutely love it because it's literally a drug. Well, I feel it working, Steve. I feel amazing. I feel like a god in the gym. And I've seen people say stuff like that. 
me was slightly different. Don't get me wrong, guys. No problems with the training, but I hated how I felt doing the cardio. That was probably as Steve said, because I, I do like my carbs, uh, literally because I was eating a lot cleaner, so there was problems with energy. Uh, and yet, perversely, again, in the gym, no problems. And as I said, towards the end of the cycle, actually started to add muscle on. So I'm definitely a responder to training, even if you don't like how I feel on it. Something on the food, Steve, and I will say this as well, right? This is actually an issue, I would say, for a good proportion of our listeners. And you and I talked about our exomorphic start. So I'm going to touch on this. Appetite issues and something that Steve just covered a little bit when he was talking about food. So one of the tricks, and I've done all kinds of fucked up shit to try and gain weight. Uh, I haven't done quite what's the one that people just do tuna and Pepsi Cola and all that kind of stuff in a blender. I haven't gone that far in terms of all the double cream gold top milk. I can't imagine drinking that stuff now. But I have done things like what I would call nutrient dense. So when Steve talks about the pancakes and making it with coconut oil and putting honey on, that's nutrient dense. That's not necessarily a great volume of food, but there's a lot of calories in there. And it, depending on how you make the pancakes, it can be high protein. And then you're adding the, the natural sugars, not the, not the white sugar, not the lethal, nasty, horrible stuff, not sweeteners or whatever but natural things like maple syrup or treacle or honey, all these kind of things. So I will have what I call nutrient-dense food, Steve. Uh, again, guys, it's as simple as reading a label sometimes, and you're looking for stuff that doesn't necessarily take up a lot of room because if you're going to struggle with your appetite, sometimes it's literally like there's a little light that goes on in your head when your belly's full, and that's it. And the amount of times Steve and I have discussed this and seen this on the forums where guys that struggle to put on weight, and in this situation, bulk, feel full. So one of the tricks is to eat quickly, Steve. And I, I say that almost as slightly funny, but it's true. It's, it's, it's eating quickly because if you take your time, you will full, feel fuller uh, than you would if you ate the same amount of food plus a little bit more quicker. That sounds a bit stupid. The nutrient-dense thing might sound a little bit silly. It might just mean that you're taking in food that's got more calories per gram than the food you normally eat. If, for example, you like to eat clean and you decide, do you know what, I'm going to do this thing where I eat more clean food, sometimes the sheer volume of having to eat more of that stuff can be difficult. Now, if it is difficult, you can use these tricks. If it's not difficult, stay with the lean stuff by all means. And again, Steve said already, I would absolutely look at potatoes, sweet potatoes. There's other choices out there, Steve. I, I would, for example, and again, this is some just silly little things, guys, that don't make a huge difference, but they make enough of a difference. So, for example, you might cut the fat off your meat, leave it on. Don't, don't go out crazy and buy the super lean mince or whatever else, but just buy the stuff that's the normal level and, and eat it. Uh, things like having a protein shake and adding a banana, Steve. These are real, real simple tricks. One of the things, funny enough, and we have, it's not part of what we're talking about today, but I would include it, purely simply because it does seem to include uh, an appetite boost for those of you that need it. And I did have this in the initial few days when I used it, haven't had it since. And that's MK677C, Nutribol. Uh, for a lot of listeners, if you've not used this psalm and you do struggle with appetite, have a look at this and the way that i would use it for you is in the morning versus the evening because it can also enhance your sleep the evening would be great if you want sleep enhancement but morning if you want appetite enhancement so again that's just for you to struggle with appetite on the flip side of that steve and because we're still talking about bulking if you was someone that was overweight i would definitely go with the quote unquote the leaner bulk i would definitely have you enhance the healthy levels of food that you're already eating with more healthy food and you want to don't, don't get into that thing steve of i can eat anything because i'm on a bulk because that was definitely the way that we used to do things but that is a slippery slope so i'd much rather you do something like that what else um appetites are weird things steve and i touched on a dysmorphic thing earlier on right so bear in mind as i said earlier you're not, you're not eating to be a sloppy pig. This is not if it fits your macros. You don't go out there and do crazy shit just because you're on a bulk, because you're only making it hard work for later on. 
what you're really looking to do, think of it as an anabolic phase versus a cutting phase. Getting bigger and stronger. It doesn't have to be pounds and pounds of muscle. You don't have to put on 30 or 40 pounds, guys. That isn't necessarily a thing. And I have seen crazy stuff like, I'm 180 right now, I want to be 230 in two months. Not going to happen. I would much rather, for example, Steve, and Steve said this earlier on, I am not over, personally not a great fan of overlong cycles. So, for example, I've only ever done one 16-week cycle in my life. And again, I'm touching upon the winter time. So here's how I might do a run-up and then introduce the anabolics at the, uh, after I've already started. So the bulk for me would actually start probably four weeks before the anabolics come in, Steve. I would change over to, let's say, for example, November, December, January. November would be getting ready to bulk. And what do I mean by that? I would switch from the isolation exercises. I'm starting to cover up. The, it's starting to get cold. The nights are starting to draw in, as we say. It's getting darker earlier. So I, I'm more likely to be wearing long sleeve stuff. So I'm going to introduce more compounds, less isolation, and I'm going to start to get comfortable with that. I'm also going to be looking at my diet. It doesn't have to be super lean. The salads are going to start to disappear. Steve and I talk about seasonal products from the supermarket, organic products from the supermarket. So I might start stocking up on eggs, Steve, bacon and hams, but again, the local stuff, the organic stuff. And then four weeks in, I've kind of practiced getting myself ready. And I've also got into that whole appetite thing, training thing, covered up thing, whatever, the sort of psychological aspect of it. Now I introduce the anabolics. And I probably run it for eight weeks. Maybe, as Steve said, at a push, and especially if the dosages are towards the lower end, 12 weeks. And that pretty much covers me through Christmas and right to the end of January and maybe a little bit beyond. Just as the spring starts and it all starts to get light again. But again, that's me doing the heavy compound type stuff. What do you think on, on the appetite stuff, Steve? And then we can talk about some of the training as well. Yeah, we already talked about, look, at the end of the day, there's good fats, bad fats, good proteins, bad proteins, good carbs, bad carbs. All right. So, you know, this thing where, you know, people are scared. You, you look, you still, you got to eat quality muscle building foods. And, you know, I literally on a day-to-day -day basis have debates with people on the forum about this who don't get it. Like people on the forum, they want to eat cereal. They want to eat Cheerios. These are kitty foods, Pop-Tarts. These are kitty foods. Okay. They want to drink things like, you know, like sports drinks, or they want to drink protein shakes, or they want to drink things that no animal on earth drinks these. Our ancestors didn't drink these. Dinosaurs didn't walk around drinking Powerade before a big fight. You know, the T-Rex was going to fight the Brontosaurus. He didn't, you know, take a bunch of Powerade before. No, he drank water. Lizards, the lizard in your backyard drinks water out of a puddle. Okay. So I'm just saying Let's stick to what we, our bodies, our DNA structure to consume. And it's good quality foods all the way, whole foods. Stay away from the junk foods. Stay away from the fake foods, things that are packages, refined oil, refined flowers. All this stuff doesn't want in the body. You got to eat muscle building foods. And then, look, this is what I do with my clients, the skinny clients that come to me and the fat clients that come to me, both. I switch them to high quality muscle building foods. And they get the results, whether you're trying to bulk up and get more muscle or you're trying to cut down and burn fat. You're going to get results if you stick to high quality foods. So come on the forums and listen to our other podcasts where I get more into this. It's very important. And look, at the end of the day, it's like I told someone a couple of days ago, he was doing a log and he's like, help me with my, I'm like, look, chicken, brown rice and broccoli. That's a staple bodybuilding meal for a reason, because it's simple. Now, of course, you want to get good quality chicken. You want to prep it properly. You don't want to cook it in hydrogenated oils. You want to cook it in good quality, you know, cook it, cook it properly. Bake it, put in the, or put in the air fryer or grill it, lightly grill it. Don't over grill it. Don't char it. Then it becomes cancerous. I mean, you got to, it becomes carcinogenic. You don't, you still got to cook your food property. Brown rice, you got to use you know, add in, a, you know, some unrefined coconut oil and some salt and then put your rice in the rice cooker. Boom. It's going to be done. Broccoli, steam the broccoli and it's done. Add some salt if you want flavor. That's it. You don't need to drench your broccoli and cheese and drench it in sauces and drench it in all this other crap that see people do. 
you know, don't come to me and say, Steve, I'm eating, I'm eating properly. And then you show me what you're eating. And it's, uh, it's, it's a uh, chicken, brown rice and, and broccoli smothered in, in soy sauce that you got from the supermarket full of garbage. And then you're like, oh, I, oh, my stomach hurts afterwards, Steve. This food makes my stomach hurt. Well, no shit makes your stomach hurt because you're putting poison in your body when you're doing it. You're ruining the food. You have to learn to eat these foods properly and you could still marinate the chicken and make it taste good. You can use paprika, black pepper, salt, some coconut oil and lime or lemon, and that will liven up the chicken. You don't have to smother it in the sauce that you got from the supermarket that costs $2.99 for a bottle that's full of crap. It's got a hundred different ingredients in it and your stomach hurts after you eat it, right? So what do you think is going to happen next when you got to eat your next meal? If your stomach hurts, your body's not going to want that next meal. Your body's going to reject that next meal and you're just going to make your stomach hurt. And now you're not going to be able to work out. So you've got to feed your body high quality foods from start to finish, you have to. I'll let you in, Mobster, in a second. We still have a few yeah. minutes, but let me touch on the training as well. <clears throat> and then I'll let you take over the rest of the show, Mobster, because I know you have some thoughts. Look, yeah. at the bottom line, you're not going to build muscle if you don't train. I don't care what steroids you use. You can point to studies that show, yeah, people bulked even without weight training. Okay. But those are in situations where people were suffering from muscle wasting already. All right. So they took, the anabolic steroids, and they were able to put on muscle without even weight training, just sitting on their ass. But that's a different situation. If you're in a situation where you're already training, you're already a gym rat, you're already in a situation and you want to use anabolic steroids, you have to take your training to the next level. You have to push yourself to the next level. And that's going to be very, very important to get proper results when it comes to bodybuilding and when it comes to weight training and putting on muscle. So you have to stress the muscle out. You have to work the muscle. You have to train the muscle to get bigger and get stronger. That's where you're going to see the results of your bulk. All right. And that's where you're going to be able to take advantage of these anabolic steroids that have a tremendous effect on your ability to bulk up because they do that incredibly well. So it's all about training properly. I strongly encourage compound lifting. I'm a big advocate for compound lifting, but it has yeah. to be with correct form. If you go do compound lifting, you come back to me and say, Steve, I've done compound lifting. I'm not getting results. I'm getting injured. I'm going to tell you, you're not doing proper form. So it's not as important to go in there and be an egomaniac and just put on a bunch of weight and injure yourself. That's not what I'm saying to do. I'm saying to go do proper compound lifting, bench press, deadlift, squats, pull-ups, dips, rows. These are compound lifts. These are the bread and butter of your lips. Don't forget your calves. Don't forget your abs. Those also should be included too in your workouts as well. And you know, the in and, and, and this is how you're gonna build your muscle and you're gonna bulk up. So Mobster, we have a few minutes left. Why don't you finish up with your final thoughts and tips? Right, guys, I see this on the forums. Eat your damn breakfast. Don't don't you I've seen people stay for their breakfast as a cup of coffee. Get up 15 minutes early and eat your damn breakfast. Prep it the night before. Get up that 15 minutes early, eat it. Or if you are eating your damn breakfast, have one small additional meal per day. Might be a sandwich, Steve, homemade, not shop raw. There's something like that. It might be a protein drink with a banana. Or a, it might be three, four boiled eggs. But this is the stuff you can do. Compounds. Steve's touched on it. I'll talk about this stuff. There are... Books I've got that are nearly 80 years old, say so certainly 70 years old. These are numbers that you can aim for. And if you are hitting these numbers on the compounds, you will be that 5% of the gym. But it will also mean just trying to get towards these numbers is a way for you to get strong. And getting strong for reps, building muscle is going to help you bulk up. So 200 pounds overhead press, even 100 pounds as a starting point. Try to get your bench eventually to around 300 pounds. So if it's 225, let's get you to 235, 240. Squat, 400. Might be 300 right now. If you go away in the off-season, you decide to bulk up, I'd like to see you motherfuckers come back and it's 325 after the bulk, and so on and so forth. Remember, of course, this is not a race. So it doesn't all have to be done in one hit, and that's bad on your joints too. But get these big numbers up. Compounds are essentially multi-joint. 
So pressing and benching, rowing, deadlifts, the big heavy shit. Don't be afraid to drop the volume down where you up the intensity and up the weight. These are kind of simple approaches, but I'd rather it's got economy of effort. Go in there, smash the granny out of the heavy shit, the compound shit in good form, like Steve says. I've fucked up that way. I know Steve has. That's how we've had injuries. That's why we recommend good form. And don't necessarily try to do 10 sets. Drop it down to five sets. But the heavier weight with the compounds, you don't have to do pre-exhaust. You're not triple drop setting. You're not working all the show muscles. You're covered up, motherfuckers. And this is how you're going to bulk. And if you said to me, I went away and I worked and I got 20 pounds on my bench, I'm going to talk about a half inch on your chest, an inch on your chest. You are definitely bulking up. And especially if the appetite and the diet and everything else is on food. And don't forget, guys, go and have a rest. Try not to be doing a thousand things all the damn time. So ease back a little bit on some of the superfluous activities. Get a bit more rest. But chill out and you will get bigger. You will get stronger. Again, as always with this stuff, it's not about getting fat for fat's sake or eating crap for crap's sake. It's about function and form. We want you bigger. We want you stronger. And we want more to work with when we decide to chisel that fat off in the summertime, in the spring, to show people, where where the fuck have you been, motherfucker? You look 10 pounds bigger, your chest is bigger, your arms are bigger. That's what we're looking for when we're bulky. Please note, we are not doctors on the opinions of ours. It's our view, based on our experience and views on the topic, a podcast for informational purposes and entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.